You are listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. We all have different traditions that help us get into the Christmas spirit. One of my favorite traditions is to go down to the city and see the Rockefeller Christmas tree and the light display at Saks Fifth Avenue. Yeah, we were down there last week and it always puts me in the Christmas mood because nothing says Merry Christmas like seeing some Christmas lights and trying not to get trampled by a crowd of people in New York City. Come on, somebody. <laughs> All right, speaking of lights, we're going to light this place up at the end of the night. How many of you are ready? You got your candles. Kids, are you ready? You got your candles? All right, we're going to light those up at the end of the service. But first, we have to light one very special candle. So for the past few weeks, we've been in this Advent series, a special Advent series. And our inspiration for our Advent series comes from one of the most well-known traditions of Advent, the Advent wreath and candles. And so each week, we've been lighting a different candle, each of which represents something that Christ came to fulfill something that we need to embrace in our life. And so we've lit uh, the hope candle, the faith candle, the joy candle, the peace candle. Tonight, we're gonna light the the Christ candle. This uh, candle actually represents the arrival of Christ as the light of the world. This is known as the Christ candle. And uh, speaking of of lights, I love Christmas lights. Um, How many of you love Christmas lights this time of year? So we live not too far from the Kensico Dam and there's the Westchester Winter Wonderland and that's really cool to drive fast and see all the lights. And then our neighborhood is pretty festive. We have a lot of neighbors who decorate their houses. My neighbor across the street, he just keeps adding to his light display like every day. Like I'm pretty sure if he plugs one more thing in, like most of the lights are gonna go out in the tri-state area. Okay, how many of you remember that scene from National Lampoon's Christmas when they plug in the lights and like the city begins to go dark? Like I'm pretty sure that's gonna happen. But one of the things I love about Christmas lights this time of year is, is that they cheer me up because it gets dark so early. You know, and at least we have the lights to look forward to. And so here's the idea, and I think most of you can resonate with this. I think there's nothing that makes us appreciate the light more than the darkness, more than the darkness, right? Nothing makes us appreciate the light more than the darkness. Now, back in August of 2020, there was a tropical storm, tropical storm Isaiah that came through the New York City area. And many of you have forgotten about that tropical storm, unless you're like me and two and a half million other people who lost power for almost a week. How many of you remember that tropical storm? And I tell you what, it will make you appreciate electricity and light when you don't have power for a week. And so we had a generator going and it would die in the middle of the night and I'd have to get up because the air conditioner would go out and it would get hot, you know, and you forget how like quickly, like it gets dark in your house during the day, even in the summertime. And, and you know what you instinctively do, even after a couple days when the power's out, you walk in the room and the first thing you do is you go to flip the light switch on, right? It's almost like the power outage is mocking you because you walk in the room and you flip the light off. And of course, you're reminded that the power's out. Come on, nothing makes us appreciate the the light quite like the darkness. And I know it's Christmas Eve and we're trying to be cheerful tonight, but can we just take a moment, can we just have an honest moment tonight on Christmas Eve and admit that our world is often a dark place? 
I mean, we put on the news and we hear terrible things happening in the world. There's a war in Ukraine that's raging, you know, school shootings, people doing terrible things to each other, like the world's a dark place. And then we all have people in our lives, friends, family, coworkers who are going through difficult things, divorce, sickness, financial troubles, and bad things happen to good people. And we feel that. Many of you have somebody in mind right now. And then we all have our own personal stuff. We all have the personal areas of our life that, that feel dark to us, right? Our own struggles, our own uncertainties, our own fears and worries and, and, and doubts. And, and so that is just the reality of this time of year. And I think sometimes we get to the Christmas story, we get to this time of year and we see nativity displays, you know, and we see Christmas cards and it all seems merry and bright and cheerful. But the reality is that's not the picture that we see in scripture, that's not what we see in Scripture. In fact, uh, when we look at what the prophet Isaiah had to say, when he, when he prophesied about the coming of Christ, let me show you this Scripture. He paints a very different picture. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, listen to what he says. He said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Isaiah said at the time, at the time of Christ's coming, when the Messiah comes, he literally described the world as a dark place, a dark place that needed a light. Let me just tell you, at the time that Jesus was born, the world was a dark place, especially for the Jewish people. We talked about this a little bit last week, but the Jewish people, they were subjects to the Roman Empire. They were a conquered people. Here they were, the people of God who had the promises of God to bless them, to make them into a great nation, to give them their own land, and yet they were a conquered people. They were subjects of a pagan Roman Empire, increasingly surrounded by paganism and immorality. And to make matters worse, for centuries, God had been silent. In fact, biblical scholars tell us that the, the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament is often called the silent years because it seemed like God wasn't, wasn't speaking to the people in any major way. In many ways, I think it probably felt for them like the power had gotten, gone out and God had forgotten them. And then we fast forward to the New Testament in the Gospel of John, and he also describes the coming of Jesus as a light in the midst of darkness. Look at this, John chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 4 through 5, then skip to verse 14. It says, the Word, which is just a theological way of referring to Jesus, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Look at verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God took on flesh and blood and came to this world. We have seen his glory. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John tells us that Jesus came to us as a light, a light in the darkness. He came to us as a light in the darkness of our sin in the darkness of our brokenness, in the darkness of our selfishness, in the darkness of every bad decision we ever made. He's the light in the darkness. And I think one of the reasons that I find the Christmas story so compelling, the, the, the coming of Jesus so compelling is that it acknowledges the darkness. It deals with the darkness. I mean, it's not like a Hallmark Christmas movie where everything is cute and perfect. Come on, where are the people who love Hallmark movies in here? It's not like the story of Christmas is about Jesus coming to a small town and helping Sally from the big city reconnect with her high school boyfriend, Bobby, who works at the local hardware store, get back together, and they all live happily ever after again. <laughs> Which is the plot to almost every Hallmark movie ever created. <laughs> that is not what Christmas is 
is about, right? The Christmas story acknowledges the darkness, the darkness of our world, the darkness of our sinfulness. Isaiah speaks to the darkness. John speaks to the darkness. In fact, when John wrote his gospel, the world was a very dark place. The the Christians were being persecuted by a terrible emperor named Nero. This is real. And he writes about the hope that they had in Jesus Christ. The scriptures acknowledge the darkness, but they give us hope. They don't leave us in the darkness. They remind us that Jesus came to us as a, as a light. Come on, at Christmas, we celebrate the fact. We celebrate the truth. We celebrate the goodness of the fact that Jesus actually came for us. And he came as a light in the darkness who pushes out the darkness. Come on, God has not left us in the dark. God has not left us in the dark. There's a reason we can celebrate tonight. There's a reason we can lift our voices tonight. Come on, there's a reason we can enjoy the festivities because Jesus has come to us as a light in the darkness, as the light that we needed in our lives. And so tonight on Christmas Eve, I just want to give you three thoughts to meditate on. Three thoughts to meditate on about Jesus as the light, as we've lit up our final candle and we can finally celebrate the arrival of Jesus. Three reasons why we need to embrace the light of Jesus. Number one, light gives direction. Come on, how many of you know that light gives us direction so we can see, so we can find our way? A little bit of light makes a big difference. A little bit of light. Think about a flashlight. Think about a candle. A little bit of light makes a big difference. For example, how many of you use the flashlight app on your phone? I use it all the time. I drop something under the couch, right? And I get my phone out and I put the flashlight on and I look for whatever I'm trying to find underneath the couch. In my hallway, between the bathroom and my bedroom, we have a little nightlight there. And that little nightlight is the most important light in the whole house because it keeps me from stubbing my toe when I get up in the middle of the night to go use the bathroom and I'm half awake. A little bit of light makes a really big difference in our lives. It gives us direction. It helps us because without light, we lose our way. We so easily drift. I can tell you when my house was without power for a week, a couple summers ago, it was really easy to kind of lose your way in the dark around the house. And I think the same thing happens to us in life sometimes. We drift. We lose our way. Sometimes we get to this point in life where we're like, how did I end up here? How did I get here? Have you ever had a moment in life where you're like, how did I get here? How did I get here in my financial situation? How did I get here in my mental health? How did I get here in my marriage, in this relationship? How did I get to this place of getting up every day, going to work, feeling like it's totally meaningless? Like, have you ever had a season of life like that? I know I have. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, how did I get here? How did I get here? And the whole point is that light gives us direction. Here's what Jesus said, John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said this, listen to these words. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that's what we see all throughout the gospels. Jesus invites people to follow him. He doesn't invite people to be a really good, good people, to do really good things. He says, no, no, follow me. I am the light that will lead you out of your darkness, the darkness of your sin, the darkness of your brokenness. We needed a light. We needed direction. We needed a way. I have people come to me all the time as a pastor and say, pastor, pray for me. I've lost my way. I've drifted. I feel so far away from God. I don't even know how, how I got to this place in, in life. W- would you pray for me? My life is a, is a mess for now. I don't even know where to start. And, and I pray for people like that all the time. And can I tell you how often I find myself drifting? How often I have moments where I'm so thankful that Jesus is a light in my life who calls me back, right? Calls me back on the path to follow his ways, to follow after him. Come on, Jesus came as a light to show us 
the way. We did not need another religion. We didn't need another great moral philosopher. We didn't need another great moral teacher. Come on, what the world needed is a savior. And that's who Jesus came to be, a light to lead us out of darkness. And so let me, yeah, let's celebrate. We can clap our hands. We can sing. We can even eat an extra chocolate chip cookie tonight because it's Christmas Eve. Can I get an amen? Somebody. And so let me ask you this question for a moment, though. What's the darkness in your life? Where is there an area of darkness in your life where you need Jesus to light the way? Come on, if we're honest, so, so often there's some area that we're mindful of in our hearts and our minds as an area of darkness in our life, and we need Jesus to light the way. Here, here's the second thing. Here's the second thing, why we needed a light. Number two, light dispels fear. How many of you know that light dispels fear. All right, how many of you kids would be honest enough to admit that sometimes you're afraid of the dark? Any kids will admit that sometimes you're afraid of the dark? Okay, kids, how many of you would say your parents are sometimes afraid of the dark? We know they're not going to put their hands up. Any kids know? Yeah, you'd say your parents. I think the adults, there's some adults in here who will admit they're afraid of the dark. Kids, let me just say there's one thing that adults and kids have in common. We're all a little bit afraid of the dark. It's just part of being a human being. And here's what's interesting. Fear of the dark is triggered by the brain's perception of what could happen in a dark environment when we can't see, right? So it's not really the darkness that we're afraid of. What we're afraid of is what we can't see, what we don't know, what could happen because we can't see. It's really the fear of the unknown. Did you ever notice that often what you're afraid of in the dark doesn't bother you at all in the light? Anybody ever discover that? The thing that bothers you, you know, that dark closet, that dark hallway, whatever it is, that, that thing in the dark, it scares you in the darkness, but it doesn't bother you in the light at all. For example, at our house, I keep some garbage cans on the side of the garage. My main garbage can's in the garage, but when that one overflows, I got a couple cans inside the house. And a few years ago, we had raccoons that started getting into our garbage and they were driving me crazy, right? Tearing up the garbage. And so I was putting like bungee cord straps on the garbage can lids and those suckers were really smart. They were still figuring out a way to get in there, right? And so one night I was going out there to put some garbage in the can. I lifted the lid and I'm, as I'm going to drop the garbage can in, a raccoon just looks right up at me and I just dropped the bag and like it fell right up and the lid closed, right? Because how many of you know raccoons may look cute, but they're feisty, especially a startled, scared raccoon, right? And so ever since then, years later, whenever I have to go to those garbage cans at night, I'm always afraid that I'm going to get attacked by like a rabid raccoon, right? Still bothers me to this day. But here's the interesting thing I've discovered. I'm never worried about that in the daytime. You know, whenever I have to go use those garbage cans during the daytime, I never even think twice about the raccoons because what bothers us in the darkness often doesn't bother us in the light. And I think many of us in this room tonight, if we're, if we're honest, many of us watching online tonight, we're battling some fear and it has to do with uncertainty. Uncertainty about your health, uncertainty about a relationship, uncertainty about finances, uncertainty about the future, right? But here's the good news that I came to share with you on Christmas Eve. We have a light in Jesus Christ who dispels the fear. The light of Jesus Christ dispels the fear. Listen to what, G what John said about Jesus. John chapter one, verse four, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Come on, a little bit of light makes a big difference in our lives. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm chapter 27, verse one. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold, literally the foundation, the fortress of my life. Of whom shall I be 
afraid. Come on, here's the reality. When you have the light of Jesus Christ in your life, it doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that there's going to be some uncertainties in your life. It doesn't mean you're going to face fear. It just means that those things don't have to dominate your life anymore. You don't have to be dominated by the difficult seasons. You don't have to be dominated by the what ifs of life. What if I get sick? What if I lose my job? What if someone I I love dies? What if, right? What if, what if? Sometimes we get so overwhelmed by those things, but the reality is when you have the light of Jesus Christ in your life, you have the presence of God who goes with you so you can say like the psalmist, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's the stronghold. I may not be strong. I may be feeling weak. I may be feeling overwhelmed, but he's the, he's the strong foundation. He's the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? As I thought about this, I thought about being a kid. And so often I would get up in the middle of the night when I had a bad dream or I got scared and it was dark and I would go crawl on the bed with my mom and dad. And I would always choose my dad's side because he was big and strong, right? And I felt safe when I was with my dad. The, the dark didn't bother me. Whatever it was that I was afraid of didn't bother me anymore because my dad was with me. Come on, I came to tell you on Christmas Eve that we have a loving heavenly father who is with us. And you're gonna go through some uncertainties in life. You're gonna face some fear in life. But here's the reality. He's a good God. And we can say the Lord is my light, my salvation Whom shall I fear? Because light dispels the fear, the darkness of fear. Here's the third thing. Light can be reflected. How many of you know that light can be reflected? See, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're called to share the light. If you're a follower of Christ, you're not called to to keep the light all to yourself. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. He said, you are the light of the world. He was talking to his followers. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. I've been to the Holy Land. I've looked up and seen those very hills that Jesus was talking about at nighttime. And you can see them lit up at nighttime. Look at verse 15. He said, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Think about a candle at home, right? When the lights are out, when the power's out. In the same way, let your light shine before others and they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus said that we're called to be a light. We're called to reflect the light of Jesus Christ and to share it with others and not to point people to ourselves so they can be impressed with us because of all of our good works, because we're a good person. No, no, no. That they may see your good works and glorify who? Your Father in heaven called to be a light. You're called to be a light. Can I just tell you, I'm encouraged as your pastor by your light. I'm encouraged when I see you being a light. You know, in recent weeks, there's been a lot of sickness going around. And even in the midst of sickness right now in the holiday season, I've heard so many stories of people in our church checking on each other, praying for each other, bringing meals to each other, sometimes even Venmoing some cash to each other. Come on, nothing like being able to order dinner when you're sick and your life group or a friend blesses you. That encourages me. That's being a light. That's being a lie. I'm so encouraged when I see people show up and give up a Saturday to get out on a community outreach, to go serve hungry neighbors food, right? To go bless other people, to serve perfect strangers that we don't even know, just to share the love of Jesus. That, that, that's being a light. I'm encouraged when I see this time of year, every year, the generosity that comes in financially at the end of the year, especially for opportunities like our Christmas offering. We have a chance to just bless people in need. And I get to see people being generous all throughout this season in our church. And and it just reminds me that that you, you're called to be the light. You're the light of the world. You You are the light. You're the light of the world that reflects the light of Jesus Christ. I saw a quote from an author named Steve 
Maraboli, and it just stuck with me. Here's what he said. Want to keep Christ in Christmas? We hear that so often, don't we, right? From Christians, we see bumper stickers. Keep Christ in Christmas. Want to keep Christ in Christmas? Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, forgive the guilty, welcome the unwanted, care for the ill, love your enemies, and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Maybe we should keep Christ in Christians, and that would be a great way to keep Christ in Christmas. Amen? Come on, you want to keep Christ in Christmas? This is what we're called to do. This is who we're called to be. Like if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a light in this world. And there are going to be some people around you, especially over the next couple of days as we gather with friends and family. There's going to be opportunities. We're all going to be surrounded by somebody who's hurting, somebody who's going through a difficult season, somebody who needs to be encouraged, somebody who needs to be prayed for, somebody who needs a hug. There are going to be opportunities and you are the light of the world. You're going to be around some people who who don't read their Bible, but they read your life. You're going to be around some people who did not go to church for Christmas, but they can get around you. And on the inside of you is the very presence of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We're going to have these opportunities. I said it a few weeks ago and no sooner did the words leave my mouth And the Lord has given me several opportunities the past few weeks to just love on some people, to check on some people, to pray for some people, to meet some some needs in people's lives. Come on, people won't always personally encounter Jesus, but they can personally encounter Jesus Christ on the inside of you. And every time you serve, every time you love, every time you give, every time you give an encouraging word, every time, every time you allow God to use you, you're pushing back the darkness. You're pushing back the darkness. Let me tell you what I find so convincing about the Christmas story, about the coming of Jesus, about the gospel, the good news that Jesus came for us is it acknowledges the darkness, but it doesn't leave us there. It it leaves us with light. It leaves us with hope. Come on, if it only focused on the darkness, it it would be bleak. It would be hopeless. There's enough bad news in the world. You want to get depressed? Just put the news on and watch it for a few minutes. You'll get down in the dumps really quick. It speaks to the darkness But here's the other thing. The Christmas story isn't just focused on all the good things. It doesn't just speak to love and joy and peace. If it it just did that, it would be kind of sentimental. But, But the truth of Christmas, the truth of Jesus coming to us is so much better than that. What do we learn? Yes, there is darkness. Yes, this world is often a dark place. Yes, we often carry darkness in in our own hearts. We know the darkness of our own sins. But here's the reality. Jesus isn't afraid of the darkness. Jesus says, I can come right into that dark place of your life and bring you light. That's what what Christmas reminds me about, that Jesus isn't afraid to show up in the dark places of our life. He can meet us in the dark places. And I can tell you that today with confidence because I know he's done it in my life. He's met me in the darkness so many times. The darkness when I felt alone, the darkness when I felt depressed, the darkness of discouragement, the darkness of my own failures, and he has met me in that place. And so I want to leave you with a really powerful image on this Christmas Eve that I I saw on social media a few years ago, and I saved this picture. It's a picture that was taken in Germany in 1931 of a menorah back when the Nazis were in charge in Germany. And there's a swastika flag in the background there, Tanaka. And on the back of this picture, somebody found this picture. A rabbi's wife had written on the back of this picture, our light will outlast their flag. Our light will outlast their flag. And how powerful that is, that image is, when we think about all that the Jewish people would endure over the next few years. And yet that statement was true, that that light outlasted the darkness. Church, I have good news for you. 
on this Christmas Eve. The light that we have in Christ will outlast the darkness. Come on, the light that we have in Christ will outlast the darkness, the darkness of depression, the darkness of addiction, the darkness of loneliness, the darkness of our sins, the darkness of our brokenness. We have a light. This is what we celebrate, that Jesus Christ came to a dark world, came to the dark places of our lives, and He met us there. He met us there. We have a light that will outlast the darkness. Look at this one more time. John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word, literally the Word of God became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory. We've seen it. We have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's who He is. He comes full of grace and He leads us to truth because we needed a light. We needed a light. And so here's my question for you on this Christmas Eve, like, do you have light in your life? Do you have the light who dispels the darkness? I want to invite you for just a moment to bow your head, just a moment of reflection, a moment of prayer. If you're new to our church, we we take a moment to pray after we hear the word of God, just to reflect on how it might be speaking to us personally. Come on, I want to ask you that question as you have your head bowed in a few moments of quietness before the rest of our festivities tonight and into the holidays tomorrow and throughout this week. Do you have a light? Be honest with yourself. Do you have the light of Jesus Christ? Watching online, asking yourself this question, do you have the light? Where is there an area of your life where you need direction? Where you need direction. Where, where's there an area of your life where you've been experiencing darkness? Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's some, some destructive habit. Let's call it what it is, an addiction. Where, where's there been darkness in your life? Who or what are you following? We're all following something. Maybe it's someone else's expectations for you. Come on, Jesus said, follow me, follow me. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What's causing you to experience fear? And uncertainty. Where is there uncertainty in your life? Maybe there's some area of your life where the, the future seems uncertain, where your life feels uncertain. Come on, Jesus is the light who dispels the fear. He's the light that comes into the darkness of our uncertainty and of our fear. And then a third question, be honest with yourself. Do you really have a purpose to live for? Something that's bigger than just yourself. Jesus invites us to follow him, to live for him, to allow his light to shine through us. He gives us a purpose that's so much bigger than ourselves. He wants to use you. He wants to work through you. He wants to shine his life through your light to push back the darkness. And so I want to invite you now in this moment to stand with me as we prepare to pray. In just a moment, we're going to light those candles up. We're going to sing a final song, but would you stand with me? Just keep your head bowed in this moment of prayer. And we're going to invite Jesus to be the light who comes to us. I, I don't know about you, but I need the light to come into my life afresh all throughout the season, all throughout the week, even as I prayed for this Christmas Eve. I can't tell you how many times there was a sense of Jesus. You are the light who comes into the dark places of my life, and I need you. If that's your prayer tonight, would you pray with me? Just bow your head. Come on, let's give him thanks tonight. God, we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful time of year. We thank you for this celebration that, that you sent your son, that Jesus, you are the light who comes into the darkness. We thank you that you are not afraid of the dark places of our lives. You are not afraid of the dark places in our hearts. You're not afraid of the darkness of our sin, but you're able to meet us there. And you are our light. And you call us to follow you. So tonight we say, Jesus, yes, we want to follow you. 
We want to follow you, receive your, your light to light up our direction, to give us a sense of direction. We thank you for your light that comes into our life that dispels fear. Tonight, I pray for every person who feels a sense of uncertainty that Jesus, you are their light tonight, that you are with them. And Father, for every one of us to be a person, especially if we're a follower of Christ, to be a person who reflects your light in this world. God, we recognize there's so much darkness around us, but you are wanting to shine your light through us. And we're going to have opportunities to do that with friends and family over these next few days. And so we invite you to do that through us. And now tonight, even as we're praying, I want to pray for the person who tonight would say, Pastor Jeremy, I want to be closer to God. I want to be closer to God, but he feels so far away from me. I don't even know where to start. I've drifted. I've drifted. I don't even know how I got myself to this place of feeling like like God is so far away in my life, but I want to know him that way. I want to have a close relationship with him. And, and if that's you, if something's tugging on your heart tonight, we believe that is, that is the, the gentle tug of a loving God who is leading you to himself by his spirit, to his son, Jesus, who is the light of the world. And so how do we receive this gift? The scripture tells us we receive it with childlike faith. Just like we have some children who, who have faith that they're going to open some good presents tonight and tomorrow starts with the with with childlike faith and so i want to invite you as we pray tonight to simply say yes to jesus with every head bowed as we're prayerful in this moment to say yes to jesus if you want to pray that prayer would you pray with me jesus i give you my yes i'm saying yes to you tonight i place my faith in you pray this with me i place my faith in you i believe you are who you said you are the son of god that you came to this earth for me that you lived for me that you died on the cross for my sins. Pray this with me. That you resurrected to give me new life. And I turn from my sins and I place my faith in you and I receive you as light in the darkness. Father, I thank you for every person who prayed that prayer tonight. I thank you that your Holy Spirit testifies to their spirit that they're forgiven, born again, a new creation in Christ Jesus, never the same. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now let's light up those candles and sing this final song together. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.